Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 46 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Schultz, and I'm going to toss it off across the screen to my good friend and free agency insider himself, Nick Manella. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm not doing too shabby, you know, just the usual Tuesday night for us. Um, yeah. Lots happened since we last spoke. I think last time we spoke, we were recapping the NHL playoffs and the Lightning were brand new champions with Steven Stamkos getting drunk on one leg, and now Taylor Hall's a member of the Buffalo Sabres. So we're just I we're know just, we're buzzing. It's it's in, it's like it's insane how much has changed in like what ten days. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, here we are. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, we're gonna go over the free agency recap, draft recap, and all the signings and trades that have gone on a little later in the show. So that's what's gonna be on tap for us today. But before we get to that, I'm going to toss it across the screen to producer Mac Vogel. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks for coming. What's going on, guys? Yeah, good to be back in the studio, if you will. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to go through some of these new signings. I feel like a whole lot has happened. Probably too much for us to be able to tell you everything, but um, we'll hit on all the all the major stuff for sure. And um, I'm definitely excited for a few in particular to, to talk about, but I will... Uh, I'll get to that when we get to it. Yep, and then uh, before we hop into the league news and all the updates that have gone on since we all last spoke, got a big announcement that I will let my fellow friend Nick Manella take here. Yeah, so pretty big announcement for us. We have launched a website, so you can find us at emptybetters.com. We are super excited about this. It's sort of brings everything we do together in one place. We have our merchandise shop in there. We have the entire podcast. All the episodes are there and all the new ones will be there uh, updated pretty regularly. Uh, Our Instagram and Twitter feeds are sort of merged into one and are um, in the right-hand margin. So it's just a nice clean space to have, uh, you know, all of our stuff, all the stuff that we're doing come together. And we've, we've also started writing some blog posts that you can find there as well. So I think we're all pretty excited about this. And go ahead and subscribe to the newsletter, which you can find at the bottom of the page. But yeah, definitely go check it out. Yeah, Nick put a lot of hard work into this, and he pretty much solo missioned this himself. So I want to give a round of applause to Nick Manella. Thank you for your efforts. Of course. Um, I think Mac mentioned this earlier, but you've been wearing the C lately so we appreciate your hard work and your effort but yes like nick said if you go to the bottom of emptybetters.com yes we have the rights to the domain name i know it was not cheap um you can find (laughs) the uh newsletter where you can enter your email address and you'll get all the updates from the latest blogs and i you know i was saying this earlier uh i can't wait to just wake up at 6 a.m like the psychopath i am and just kind of sit on the Joe, and you just kind of write your blog, and you see if it pisses people off. And if it does, hey, great, you're going to have a good day. And if it doesn't, you didn't do your job right. So um, I'm excited to get cracking at it, and the website is awesome. So once again, I've said it 30,000 times already in three minutes in this episode, but thank you, Nick, for your efforts. For sure. I feel like I need to pull like a Ryan Howard from The Office with you where I just give you a Word doc and tell Creed that it's a blog so the world's not exposed to your brain. (laughs) Yeah, I feel bad for all of you who are about to get insanely triggered by my wildly hot takes. So uh, apologies in advance, but we are going to be able... The one best part about this is what we used to have to do, especially last season, was we would have to give our picks in advance a week. We're still going to kind of do that. We're going to discuss how we want to plan all that, you know, before the season starts. But now we have the power to actually on the fly go, hey, you want to make money? We like this tonight. And that's what the beauty of it is. And that's kind of what the foundation of the podcast was when Nick and I were developing it is, hey, we just want to be able to make some guys some money and tell them do this. And now we have the power to do that at any point in time. And you have the power to get access to it on your phone if you subscribe to the newsletter. So make sure you guys do that. And we appreciate the support. And there's actually a section of the blogs like we have it broken down into, you know, like news, miscellaneous bullshit. And then there's a section just for gambling picks. So, yeah, um, I feel like I'm definitely going to be favoriting that in my browser for sure. Yeah. Long story short, we spent a bunch of money on a website so that you guys could all make a bunch of money reading on it. (laughs) There there you go. (laughs) We were reinvesting in our business to make you money. So right. if that means anything to you, there's also a donations page. Um, <laughs> right. You know, take a look at that. So yeah, you're welcome. Donations right. accepted. Um, For sure. So I'm going to toss off the uh, 
quick little tidbits of league news that Nick has before we dive into free agency and the draft. So, Nick, I'll let you take it away. So the first big piece of news uh, doesn't really come to us from the NHL. It comes to us from the OHL. So Ontario's Minister of Sport, whatever that means, um, I didn't realize that Canada was basically, uh, you know, Soviet Russia and you had ministers of stuff, but whatever, that's cool. Um, Basically, they came out and said that the OHL is going to have to attempt to remove physical contact, including body checking and fighting, if they want to have a 2020-2021 season. So I understand what they're doing here. You know, they're trying to limit the spread of this pandemic, which I feel like we've all been trying to do for the last six, seven, whatever, who gives a fuck any more months. But uh, you can't. Like, my first reaction when I saw this was, like, you, you just can't do this. Like, you cancel the season. You cannot, especially at a level like that, attempt yeah. to remove body checking and fighting from the game. I mean, with kids going into their draft year and, you know, those players could potentially be in the NHL in two years, maybe three. You know, you could probably get away with this in, you know, house league, you know, at your local rink but not in the OHL. I just think this is, would be an absolute disaster. Well, your thought process is right because this would be an absolute disaster, and I don't really know what they're smoking up in the OHL management department, but I want some. Uh, first off, you know, I, let's just put it out there. So let's say you take away hitting and fighting, right? So how do you take away guys rubbing against each other in a face-off circle? How do you take away guys battling in front of the net who are battling for position? How do you take away guys who are sitting on the bench next to each other? I mean, it doesn't really make any sense to me how you would, if anything, hits are the least of the concern because usually when you hit someone, you're not stuck next to them for an extended period of time. Fighting, I understand, but not with hitting. I mean, say you're on a forecheck and you're just trying to you know, rub out the, the defenseman. You're only in contact for like 0.5 seconds. So, yeah, nice neck jerk off. Right yes, I, I get the pun. Um, I've always thought that term in hockey was a little overused. Pierre Maguire loves that term, by the way. No shocker. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just don't see really how this works or what the, what the thinking behind it was. I think for the sake of keeping the integrity of statistics, records, the integrity of play, you just can't do this. It's a lose-lose. I don't really understand how they think this will work, and I think the fan bases would be very upset. Yeah, this is dumb as hell. Um, Harrison, you're right. I, I think, if anything, think about it. Like, if you rock somebody into the corner, aren't you, like, kind of helping them socially distance? Like, you're literally rocking them into the corner, <laughs> and you're like, go ahead, social distance yourself from the play while the puck goes up ice real quick. Like, <laughs> you're separating them from the play. Exactly. exactly. You're like, right. look, let me get you some space. But, no, in all seriousness, what, what COVID boils down to is exposure time. You're never going to get COVID from, like, walking past somebody on the street or, you know, hitting somebody real quick and unless you're like foaming at the mouth and spraying spit as you're hitting them which i mean i guess possible but whatever the point is this is a dumb idea and uh i give it three thumbs down yeah i mean harry you talked about you know sitting next to someone on the bench i mean we've all seen what those benches look like it's like a sewer at the bottom of them i mean there's just you got wet water, brown loogies yeah there's just you got purple you know, gatorade got, spit it's not pretty. Yeah, God knows who's dipping on the bench, so... Yeah, exactly. You probably got, like, fucking Kovalchuk with, like, a tin, tin of wintergreen down there or something. Like. Yeah, Tarion's throwing his, you know, dart butts all over the place <laughs> that have been in his mouth for about five seconds because that's how long it takes for him to finish one, so... Um, <laughs> You know, it's it's just nasty. But anyways, this is an absolute disaster, and I, I really hope they don't do it. Yeah, I think I think everyone on this podcast and in general who cares about the game of hockey would probably agree with that assessment. So uh, I think we can move on from that. For sure. Um, moving back to the NHL, uh, there was a sort of an article that got circulated saying that they are considering opening their upcoming season um, in Lake Louise, Alberta, uh, which if you guys haven't seen this place or don't know where it is, it's basically at the base of the Rocky Mountains and it's like if you imagine just like a pornographic outdoor hockey rink with mountains in the background, that's what it looks like. So it looks incredible, but 
Uh, I don't really know how the logistics of this would work. I think that's the first question that everyone would have. Apparently, the article did say that the league is going full throttle to prepare for a potential New Year's Day launch. So typically when we would have the Winter Classic, we would be launching the season, and I think that's what they're sort of trying to do here. Uh, What do you guys think? I love I love the idea, and I'll, I'll tweet out a picture for all of our uh, fans to see. I mean, the place is unbelievable. It's it's ODR porn, just like Nick said. So uh, the idea is amazing. This would be, in my opinion, the greatest sporting venue in the history of sports. It literally would not get better than this. However, as Nick said, uh, there's a lot of logistical concerns as to how this would work with setting up the rank. You know, making sure the temperature's all right. I, there's a lot of factors that play into this, the thickness of the ice that they're playing on. I mean, I don't really, I, I don't know how you're going to do all that. I mean, obviously, I don't think there would be fans, and I don't think we're expecting fans in January with the way things are going right now. Um, also, someone keep a count of the over-under of the times we say logistics during this topic. I got a feeling the over's at like 10 and a half. Um, but yeah, logistically... I think it's kind of a nightmare, and I don't really know how realistic it is to think that this can happen. I think the source that uh, we saw that this first came up from is in credit to Puck Empire. They're one of the best followers on Instagram, um, and they're usually pretty spot on with their rumors slash, predi- slash predictions, but they said the same thing on their post. They said, yeah, I, like this is an idea that the NHL has. Batman thinks it would be great to ring it in on New Year's Day the old-fashioned way, which I completely agree with. I'm just not so sure that this is actually feasible. Yeah, I mean, is Bettman willing to pour a bunch of money into something where he's going to have to hire a bunch of people to uh, obviously be workers and set up that kind of a rink? That's going to take a ton of manpower. Um, And normally they do that anyway for like the Winter Classic and outdoor games. But the difference is then it's attended by thousands and thousands of fans and you kind of make that money back. So, I mean, I'm not sure how logistically (laughs) like how monetarily (laughs) this would work out for the NHL, but I'm all for the idea. I think it would be really cool to watch. I just don't know like exactly what the return versus cost pour in would be for something like that. For sure. I also don't know. There, yeah, there you go. I also, you know, even if you did have fans there, let's say everything magically clears itself up, which it won't by then, but you're going to have to provide dog sleds to get people there because it's going to be January in Alberta. So Yeah, you think there's it, parking? You're going to have to no. skate to the stands. <laughs> right. You're on a lake in oh the Rocky Mountains in Alberta. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's a, what's what's the what's the name of the race? Oh, I really should know this. What's the name of the race in Alaska with the dogs? The Iditarod. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's like basically yeah. the Iditarod transportation system. Yeah. Which, by the way, I would be all for. I mean, it's kind <laughs> right. of... If you actually think that's bad, you got poop in your pants, but right. So, so if they do have fans, uh, you know, let's book our flights and just attempt to get there. But you know, God only knows that would be incredible. What's the closest airport to Lake Louise, Alberta? I could not tell you. <laughs> yeah, my dad did say he was like, "Oh, I've been there before." I was like, "Okay, I, I have no idea where. I, I know it's near the Rocky Mountains. I have no idea where it's like anywhere." All you need to know else, is that but... all you need to know is that your dad said, "Oh, I've been there," but he never said, "Oh, it's really nice," or "Ooh, it's really pretty." Just like, "Oh, I've been there," right? That about sums I up. Like, I was like, "All right, cool, thanks." Yeah. Um, moving on. So going back away from the NHL, the NWHL, the National Women's Hockey League, their founder Danny Ryland Kearney is actually stepping down as commissioner as they sort of restructure everything in their league. Uh, She will remain involved as president of an ownership group that controls four of the NWHL six teams. And Tyler Taminia will be appointed interim commissioner, according to the Associated Press. Uh, This restructuring is a result of the NWHL forming an incorporated association that will be overseen by a board of governors with one representative per team. This is a departure from the past where the W or the NWHL oversaw the control of all teams. So seems like this league is moving in the right direction. But as Harry and I have said before, uh, basically until, you know, we think until the NHL steps in and sort of does what the NBA does for the WNBA, um, the NWHL is kind of basically going to stay where it is. And I, I think we would all like to see them continue to grow and expand. 
Hundred percent. Yeah, as you mentioned, we've mentioned on uh, previous episodes that until the NHL gets involved, I'm not really sure how much progress can be made with the NWHL. Um, and I was said to you guys earlier, but you know, you look at the WNBA; they're on they're on prime time on ESPN one, not two, not three, not ESPN Classic. Rest in peace. Um, they're on ESPN One primetime, channel eight fifty at eight o'clock on Monday nights. So, or not not Monday, Monday night football, but Tuesday nights. I mean, they're they're getting it right, and it's because the NBA has stepped in. So, I really do think that this could be uh, one of the first of many steps that it will take to get this off the ground. Yeah, I think that um, tons of hockey fans, myself included, would be more than happy to watch um, NWHL games on. Uh, primetime networks and uh you know prime time as well during the week or weekends or whatever I, I would more than happily tune into those games i'm sure lots of others would too so would love to see it yeah i think that would be awesome so i mean hopefully it gets to that point uh eventually but it looks like they're starting to do some things that are moving in the right direction so kudos to them all right well Let's move on to the meat and potatoes of the episode. We're going to run through the free agent signings. Uh, I think the best way that we can do this is sort of to go alphabetically by team. And we're just going to highlight really the big names, the big transactions, the big signings, because if we did every single little, you know, AHL signing, you know, we would be here for hours and hours and hours. And while that sounds fun to some people, it really doesn't to the majority of us. We so. ain't talking Nobody about what shit about John Hayden <laughs> <laughs> signing with the Coyotes for a right. one year contract, two way, 700K. Right. We're looking for bigger stuff That's than what that. Nick was so, saying. Yeah. Let's go ahead and start with uh, Anaheim. So obviously, the biggest thing with Anaheim is that they gave Kevin Shattenkirk a three year deal. Uh, my first reaction was three years seems like a little much for Shattenkirk, but Hey, you know what? The guy just, you know, he just won a cup. So, um, and was actually a pretty big factor in that series. So kudos to him. And, um, I don't really think he's going to get it again next year being in Anaheim, but you know, who knows? Probably a safe bet. Uh, no, that signing, I'm saying this off the top of my head with absolutely no data behind this, but. I don't think the Ducks are spending the cap, so they probably have some money to spare. Try to hit the floor. I don't know. I mean, I just run a hockey podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would have said before this past season in Tampa, I would have been like, hell no. Like, don't sign Shattenkirk to a three-year deal. He seems like he's done. Uh, But, yeah, he proved me wrong. He had a really good year, really good postseason especially. Um, Yeah, we'll see what that does, I guess. (laughs) Moving on down the list, the Arizona Coyotes, really the only noticeable one I would say for them is that Tyler Pitlick signs a two-year contract with them. I think that's a good deal. I thought he really proved himself in that series um, that Philly had against the New York Islanders. I thought he was a good factor in there. Um, I think he'll be good bottom six help for the Yotes who are definitely going to need it. I don't really think there's a whole lot to go on with the Bruins. A bunch of their players did just announce today that they underwent surgery, so that's good. It was Pasternak. Um, and two other big guys, Marshan. I believe. McAvoy. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. Uh, good teamwork there, boys. Uh, we move on to Buffalo. This one sort of came out of nowhere. Um, elite take. level, yeah, elite level sniper Cody Eakin signs two year contract with the Buffalo oh, Sabres. No, 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 no. Got him. You're fu- you're no, you're you're trolling. Let me tell you. When I said hot take, here's my hot take, and this is probably a really hot take. The best signing that the Sabres made was Cody Eakin. I don't hate that, and I I always hated that the Caps got rid of him. Listen, I I I know. Well, obviously, and unless you live under a rock, Taylor Hall signed with the Buffalo Sabres for a one year deal at eight million dollars. So there you go. Um, is that important? Of course it is. You're trying to keep Jack Eichel happy. He's got a stud winger now. They're gonna put. They're literally gonna put rival McDavid and Drysaitel for one and two and scoring the league, in my opinion. And if they don't, then they have a problem. But Cody Eakin. I mean, who was Buffalo's second line center last year? Was it Reinhardt? I think it was Reinhardt, and he has been incredibly underwhelming in his career so far. So, I think one of the biggest problems that Buffalo has had in the Jack Eichel era is. They've just never had a second-line center. I mean, they signed Patrick Berglund, and he said, fuck off, and he left, so he's gone. (laughs) 
They then had Sam Reinhardt, who's been incredibly underwhelming, and he's gone. So I think I love Cody Eakin's game. I think I said probably 17 times when we were doing the, the Jets preview against the Flames, I love Cody Eakin's playoff game. He's got a two-way game, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I sound like you know a, a mainstream hockey host when I say that, but I really do like his game, and I think he's everything that the Sabres need. Um, so now that I've sucked him off, I'll let you guys take Halsey. Yeah, Eakin is yeah, a good deal. So. I think we've seen time and time again that you need centered, that you need depth at center down the middle, you know, so that's that's big. But Hall, you know, I didn't expect him to go to Buffalo, but uh, I'm probably going to say this phrase a million times today. I guess let's see what that does. But, you know, um, I'm going to let Nick take this one, honestly. So... Taylor Hall, first of all, Harry, I loved everything you said about Cody Eakin, and I think him combined with the fact that they're now going to have Eric Stahl um, down the middle could help them out a lot. Uh, I love Taylor Hall, and I have for a long time. I remember watching him, uh, you know, when he was playing with the Spitfires, and they won back-to-back Mem Cups, which is just unbelievable. Um, Has always been one of my favorite players. Uh, has sort of been a Band-Aid, and now I guess, I mean, you could almost apply the suitcase tag to him at this point, but... I really think, like you guys said, that he's going to mesh well with this Buffalo team. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see him play with Eichel. I think that's going to be explosive. Yeah. And for the record, what an intro for Taylor Hall. I don't know if you guys saw the clip, but he would basically. Incredible. He basically was like, yeah, I'm well, thanks, Buffalo. I'm coming. And, you know, I wanted to smash a, a folding table as an intro with you guys, but I couldn't, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, a little let's go, Bills. But, um, not only that, I, I did you see guys see his quote where he said it's a secret around the league that guys root for Buffalo, that this is one of the franchises that players want to succeed. Did you guys see that? I think it was an Elliot. I Friedman did not, tweet. but I like I feel like that makes sense to me. How can you not root for the city of Buffalo? Yeah, that's I mean honestly. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a dead team for a long time now. It seems like I haven't been relevant since Chris Drury had his own Eastern curve. So. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's been, funny. I mean, you didn't even have to say if you were talking about the Sabres and the Bills or the Bills because both of them are true. So, Well, yeah. I mean, look, it's the brutal reality, but I'm hoping that this will put the Sabres forward. I think I've been very vocal about this, but Jack Eichel is one of my favorite players in the league, so I'm hoping that this goes well for them. For sure. Couldn't agree more. Uh, moving on down the list, the Calgary Flames. Their big signing was they signed goaltender Jacob Markstrom to a six-year contract. Call me crazy. The term might throw me off a little bit here. If it was like three years, I would say this might have been one of, if not the best free agent signing of this period. I agree. Yeah, I agree. This is too much. Um, honestly, before this past year, I wasn't a big fan of, of Mark Strim's play. Like, I, I felt like he was one of those guys that every time Vancouver came to town, you know, being a Caps fan at least, I, I for some reason felt like I saw um, – Markstrom at least like two or three times at Capital One and every time I saw him I was like yeah eh like I don't know he just never really impressed me and so I just see it as one of those things where like the guy had a really good year and now everybody's like freaking out about it and like we all know that goalies are streaky like when's the last time any goalie in the NHL was good for like seven years in a row like besides like the big ones like but even even Lundquist. even guys like Lundqvist and Price, like if you look at their numbers, like they've still got a year somewhere in there where they were like, eh, not their best, you know. So I just True. don't like a six-year deal for any goalie, to be completely honest. But and that's totally fair given the the two tendy system that we kind of saw emerge even more so uh, this year. But yeah, I mean, Markstrom's thirty years old, so they now got him inked up till he's thirty-six, which I don't love um but it can be done he had a good year to me this is perfect timing in a perfect world uh however the goalie market is very saturated so i don't really understand maybe it was a little bit of an overpay you could say but i I wouldn't i would agree i don't think the money is that bad i think it's six mil per year if i'm not mistaken um i just checked that on cap friendly but the term is a little long but i understand to me this is in a nutshell across your fingers contract you've had problems with mike smith you've had problems with david riddick 
So now you're kind of like, all right, here's our guy. And I'm not talking about Louis Domingue, who they signed as their backup. But, yeah, um, this is this is what they needed, and this is what they had to do, and they're in a win-now mode, so I respect it. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, moving on down to the Carolina Hurricanes, big note for them, I guess, would be Jesper Faust agrees to a three-year contract with them. I don't hate that at all. I think that's solid for their bottom six, potentially second line. So um, I think that's a team that – is always going to be dangerous and now just added a little bit more depth. So, hey, good for them. Uh, fuck them, can't stand them. So, uh, keeping on, keeping on, we are moving now to Chicago. The Blackhawks agreed to a two-year deal with Dominic Kubelik. That is a great move, in my opinion, a little bridge deal for the guy, you know, after having a phenomenal um, season this past year. And they also agreed to a two-year deal with goaltender Malcolm Subban. So, sort of, uh, basically filling that void that Crawford left there. What do you guys think about those? So Subban's going to start, right? I mean, to my knowledge, Crawford's gone. They haven't really gotten a replacement. So unless I'm crazy and I don't really know who their backup is, Subban would be the guy. I'm pretty sure you're correct. How long ago did he get drafted? Holy shit, it feels like it's been nine years. It really does. Uh, he was with Vegas for a while, right? Yeah, he was, and he was with Boston. For I a think bit Vegas too. snagged him from Boston. Is that right? That's and right. Then... Yep. He was drafted in the first round of 2012 by Boston. Wow. So he's been in the league for eight. Years. He's only 26. He's been in the league for eight years. Wow. Yeah, kind of crazy, I and mean, he's never had a solidified starting role. So good for him. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah. seen a lot of these backup guys that have that have been backup for several years and for several different teams step in and all of a sudden do well. So maybe they're kind of hoping they have the next Hudobin or the next um, uh, I don't know Peter Mrazek or something like that, where where usually he's counted on to start you know, every third or every fourth game. And suddenly, you know, because he's been around for a while, he's actually more than capable. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Steady Eddie, can't go wrong. Uh, Moving on to Colorado, uh, biggest name there would probably be Andre Burakovsky. Berkey signed a two-year deal with them. Good for him, good for them. Always good to see Berkey doing well. So I think he really sort of had a coming out party um, this past postseason. I love that too, because I... I was a little worried they were maybe going to sign him to like a bigger deal because he, he really did play tremendous for them this year. Um, postseason and regular season, I was impressed by him. But I like that it's a two-year deal. Uh, you know, being familiar with the guy from D.C., he was one of those guys that needed motivation to stay productive. And so I, I wouldn't have wanted to see them sign him for more than two just because I don't want to see him get lazy or anything. But two years, I think that's perfect. It's enough stability where he feels comfortable, but – He's still going to have the whip cracking behind him, so I like that deal. Yeah, Mac, that was a great answer. I completely agree with everything you said, but I find it a little odd that you both have smiles on your faces and are wishing him well because there's got to be a little shit-eating grin and down deep where you guys are like, son of a bitch, this could have been our guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I it's hard to get mad at two goals in a game seven against Tampa. Yeah, so I was gonna I'll say always have fun, fun memories. He kind of did what he needed to do. I, I'd like to make an analogy here where it's kind of like you know when your girlfriend like keeps you around for Valentine's Day until you get her a gift, and then right after Valentine's Day she dumps you. And wow. She's like, Thanks, stupid. Wow. Thanks for the ring. I'm gonna sell yeah. this on eBay now. Wow, that it sounds was like incredible. it was a personal experience. <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, well, I'll shut up. I don't even. One. I don't even know how to follow that up. Um, let's go to Columbus. Oh, and... Fuck you, Nick. <laughs> Jackass answer. Um, we'll move on to uh, Columbus, who has Miko Koivu signing a one-year contract with the Blue Jackets. Uh, Good for them to have some veteran leadership. I think we were all shocked at, one, the fact that the Wild weren't going to give him another deal, and two, the fact that he had been there for 15 years. I hadn't realized it was that long. So uh, do you guys think that's worth it, or do you think they're wasting their money? I think they're wasting their time. I mean, I don't know. I, it's really nothing. It's like the it's like Patrick Marlowe coming to Pitt as a ghost. Who is, by the way, now just signed back with the Sharks, so we don't have to talk about that. Sure. I'm cool with it. Koivu for one year. Like, once again, let's see what that does. For sure. Moving on to Dallas. Uh, Doby got a three-year deal. Great for Doby. Good to see that. 
Uh, gotta love that. I mean, he played his fucking heart out. So. Yeah, I mean, there were some rumors that he was exploring the market, but I guess either he didn't like what he saw or they gave him a real sweet talking, so good for him. Uh, Nick, Mac, I think we mentioned this in the last episode, or maybe it was two episodes ago, but what happens with Ben Bishop now? Stay tuned. For sure. Moving on to the Dead Wings. So, yeah, they were pretty bad this past season. Uh, so they brought in a bunch of people to sort of write that ship. They brought in Bobby Ryan on a one-year deal. Thomas Grice on a two-year deal should give them some stability in net. Troy Stetcher from the Canucks comes in on a two-year deal. And Vlad Nemesnikov comes over from the Avs on a two-year deal as well. So I like the Nemesnikov signing a lot, but I think probably their best one here has to be Grice. Yeah, they were busy uh, during free agency, and I like most of these signings. I feel like a lot of these guys are are dudes that aren't necessarily like huge names across the league, but they're they're guys that everybody knows and and has seen play well in you know under the right circumstances. Like guys like Nemesikov, Riley Barber, even has been decent here and there, but. Um, my favorite one here is Bobby Ryan. I love that, especially just a one-year deal. I'm really interested to see what he's going to do, especially after the year that that guy just had. Um, I'm definitely interested to see what that's going to do for the Red Wings. Yeah, I agree with the Nemestikov uh, statement. Can't remember which one of you guys said that, but if I'm not mistaken, Stevie Y drafted him back when they were in Tampa. Right, he did. So this is this is kind of his guy. So there's a little connection there. He either drafted him or traded for him from New York. I can't remember because uh, so sure many players go to, back and forth. He got traded to New York. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I'll die on that sword. Um, okay, John Merrill too. Another small contract in there, a little one year deal. But I don't mind that. I mean, decent defenseman. Fourth, exactly. Fourth fourth pair or yeah, fourth Th- best third. second pair yeah. third pair kind of guy. So yeah, for that. sure. Uh, moving on to Edmonton, uh, the Oilers were pretty busy. They brought in Kyle Turris on a two-year deal from Nashville. I feel like he kind of flatlined, but who knows? Maybe playing up there with some um, young, speedy guys could really reinvigorate his game. Uh, they got Mike Smith back on a one-year deal, and then uh, Tyson Berry on a one-year contract from the Leafs. So this is going to be interesting to see how Tyson Berry does. Obviously you know, had a great couple of years uh, leading up to when he got dealt to Toronto from Colorado, uh, then kind of literally flatlined in Toronto and now is going to Edmonton um, to give the Oilers some much needed defensive help. So I think this is going to be one we're definitely going to want to keep our eye on. The Oilers are the epitome of cross your finger contracts. I, I am starting to love that term, and I'm going to trademark it because I'm really proud of it. This is all of these contracts are cross your fingers contracts. Kyle Turris will be, I guess he's going to be the third line center, right? Because Nuge has got the second line center locked up. So, yep. Um, I don't hate that. I think he's a good depth center that can score. Not, I don't really look at him much as of a checking center, but more of a third line scoring type ordeal. I, I, I don't really think Edmonton has a ton of depth that he's going to excel with no more than he did in Nashville in my opinion so I I don't love the signing I think it's kind of a meh okay I, I, I guess I get it um the Tyson Berry one is rather interesting if I mean I don't know what you guys think about that but it I guess in my opinion they didn't really need this smooth skating puck mover I thought they kind of could have used a little more grit and size but, hey, that's just me. I mean, maybe they thought they already had that. I thought Clefbaum, you know, was relatively fine for moving the puck, even though he can kind of go both ways. I understand Bear is a better skater for sure, but I don't really think this was the move that they needed. But on a one-year deal, it makes a lot of sense. And I know Oilers fans are in an uproar over the Smith signing. I mean, they were all over Twitter just fucking ripping him. So, um, And apparently they might trade James. Or, uh, is James on the Oilers? Please correct me. Is he? Yeah, he is on the Oilers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I didn't dream that. I saw that on Twitter. Apparently, there's trade rumors that James Neal's going to get dealt. So, After being on pace to start the year, everyone was like, oh, he's going to get 40 goals. He's going to get 50 goals. But, okay, whatever. Yeah, he's on uh, the Moving Oilers. on. Yeah. 
<laughs> Moving on to the Panthers, uh, they got Radko Gudis from the Caps on a three-year deal, and good That's for them. That's such a Florida deal, signing Radko Gudis really for is. three fuck. I can't believe he got three years, yeah. but okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he can either, but, you know, hey, good for the guy. Such so go a ahead. Florida um, They got Alexander Wenberg on a one-year deal, which I don't mind. You know, he's sort of been a question mark, flatlined a little bit in Columbus, was getting outshone. So who knows? Maybe a change of scenery will be good for him. Man rocket. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then uh, I think this one was their best pickup, Vinny Hinestroza, one year from from the Yotes. I think that's a great deal. Yeah, I like that. I thought it was respectable. I mean, these are all typical Florida deals, so. For sure. Uh, the Kings didn't do shit. Uh, the Wild, uh, of course, they've been busy. Um, I think the biggest one for them is they brought in Cam Talbot uh, to basically, I think, take over the net for them now that Dubnik is gone. Yeah, I mean, do you think that's an upgrade? No. I don't really I, think I don't so think either. I do either. I think, if anything, you're kind of just staying the same. Yeah, but... I don't really understand the move. I mean, granted, I'm not looking at the cap situation right now. Not sure if there's any, you know, reasoning behind that. But as far as a uh, gameplay standpoint, I don't really see much of an improvement here. The Wild are a mess. I don't really see them headed in the direction of rebuild or like Stanley Cup contender at all. They're just totally like floating in. Like a weird space. That's been there since the existence of their team. Yeah, pretty much. You know who else is like that? Who? The Montreal Canadiens. So, but they were actually pretty busy. Uh, They got Tyler Toffoli on a four-year contract. They got Josh Anderson on a seven-year contract. And then they re-signed Victor Mete to a one-year deal. Uh, I was a little bit surprised they gave Anderson seven years. And I think they're overpaying him. But, I mean, that's, that's Montreal for you, so... Uh, did you guys have thoughts on those signings? Five and a half mil a year for Anderson on that seven year, by the way, which totals 38.5. Hear me out. Does it sound a little much for a guy who doesn't put up a ton of numbers and is mostly a power forward? Yes. But when you're in the same division as Boston and you know that inevitably at some point in the second round or even first round, you're going to have to get through them to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I really like this deal. I really, really do. I would love Josh Anderson on my team. A, I don't want to use the word poor man because it doesn't really... I think he's a little closer in the stratosphere than people might give him credit for. But kind of a poor man's Tom Wilson. A little bit. Yeah, I don't think he's as skilled as Wilson. No, but, no, no. He's not. Yeah. But I also don't think he's just, you know, a bruiser that right. can't, like, play offense. He's, he's a yeah. Tom no, Wilson light, if you will. Like a little, you know. Okay, there you go. Yeah. He's yeah. the demo version. <laughs> yeah. The, he was the beta, and then when they released yeah. the full version, it was Tommy. <laughs> yeah. So we get right. it. But, yeah, I don't want to offend all you Caps fans. Get your panties out of a bunch, all right? Jesus Christ, <laughs> I get it. You love your boy, and he's a one of a kind. Yeah, we know. But Josh Anderson is a stud, and I actually do like this deal for the reasoning that I just said. It's a good deal. I like all the deals the Habs made. Let's also not forget that they got Jake Allen. They seem to really be kind of willing to go all in here, chips on the table, uh, based on their performance this postseason, which I like. I like that they're not just throwing it in. I like that they saw something. They've got some confidence in the squad that they've got, and they're trying to support it. I know Harrison was a big proponent of just mailing it in and you know, start fresh, but I, I kind of like what the Habs are doing here. I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, so I I was hard on them. I said they should fold. I said they shouldn't win. I still kind of stand by that because I feel like they could have made the same move that they're making now had they just tanked. That being said, I always respect the team who's going to try to go all in for it. However, what did we start talking them about? Nick had the perfect transition, a team who just stays afloat forever, and that's exactly what they're going to do again. So congratulations on mediocrity. They're like a 500 team that either doesn't um, make the playoffs or they like it's like every other year it's different. Like they'll make it and go out in the first round or they'll miss it by four points or something. So I feel like it's just, you know, it's like playing that same song on like repeat one over and over and over and over again. So, oh, well, uh, moving on. The Preds didn't really do much that's worth talking about. I guess you could say Borwiecki, but I don't really think that he's going to play out those two years. Call me crazy. Uh, the Devils didn't do much except sign Corey Crawford. I think that's 
interesting. So we'll see how that goes. If he can sort of um, revitalize his game with them, not that it's all that bad, but it, I don't think it's where, you know, the Corey Crawford that we're used to seeing was um, the Islanders did pick up Corey Schneider. Uh, interesting move after losing Thomas Grace. Obviously I think Schneider will be the backup. Varley will um, own that crease for the meantime. Uh, let's move on to the dumbest move of free agency. Let's go to the big apple. Um, Harry, I'm going to tee you up for this because I know our buddy is going to just absolutely love to hear your voice on this one. Uh, who did the Rangers sign and they're really going to pay him? The Rangers have signed the worst defenseman in the 2010 slash 2020 decade, Jack Johnson. And that's not objective. That's statistically based. No, that's statistically based. And if anyone wants to fight me on that, I will direct you politely to our favorite page, NHL Discussion, and show you the Corsi ratings. He's horrible. So um, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but thank God he's gone. And thank you. New- I mean, we had to buy him out, which sucks. I can't believe he found another home. But um, to my fellow Rangers fans who used to have an old whipping boy in Nick Holden, you just found your new one. So congratulations. I just can't believe they actually did that. I I just I, I remember seeing that. It's I the dumbest decision they'll make. <laughs> right. Yeah, bonkers, desperate. Next. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about another dumb decision? <laughs> the Ottawa Senators gave Matt Murray a four-year contract. So I got. Can I go? Go. Go yeah. ahead. All right. I got go off. Of, I got a lot of thoughts. Listen, I love Matt. I, I really do. He's a great guy. He's a great Instagram follow, too. He's got cute dogs. He's got a cute girlfriend. He's got a good life. I like Matt. He won us two Stanley Cups. I like Matt. I've said that three times. That being said, Matt did not have a good year. He did not have a good year last year, and he did not have a good 2018. He has just not been the same goalie since his dad passed, you know, God rest his soul, but his dad passed shortly after the second cup run, I think. Uh, And he just hasn't been the same. And look, this is a bad contract. And I'm just going to tell you straight up. I mean, you just signed him for four years. You're giving him... I think six mil, maybe a little bit over that. Might be like six point two. I can't. I'm going off the top of my head. Do the Senators have room to spend? Yeah. So in terms of, you know, crunching cap, it's not a horrible move. But you will find very quickly that I used to think that Mark Andre Fleury was the goalie that let in stupid goals, and Murray was the solid, you know, wall and net. And I quickly found out after about three years that Matt Murray is indeed. Just like Marc-Andre Fleury, well, he will let in the stupidest fucking goals and make the most unreal saves, and that's exactly what you're going to get in Ottawa. So, I mean, the Senators have room to spend. They're not going to be a contender anytime soon. I don't really care who they get, draft or sign. I don't think they're going to be that good in the next two or three years. But um, good for Matty, man. He's a good guy. I like him personally, but he's just not that great of a goaltender. To go against the grain a little bit here i i would have been perfectly fine with this deal had it been like two years i think bringing him over there is a good move in and of itself it's just the years that i don't like and i think you guys are pretty much on the same page there but um yeah i guess since they really don't have any any reason not to i mean craig anderson isn't getting any younger it's not like they really have anyone else to turn to at this point so i get it but yeah two years would have been better and I, I completely, yeah, I completely agree with you, Mac. I think two years would have been perfect. I just, I, I don't see how four years is feasible, um, especially for the Sens. But hey, you know, I could be completely wrong. I mean, he could go out there and just completely regalvanize his game. So we'll definitely have to see what happens. Granted, and I don't want to be a dead horse, but granted, he's young. He's only twenty six years old right now, so it's not too long of a term. I just don't think he's going to be that good. I mean. He's earned the contract. He has the resume, but for a guy who's been regressing over the past three years, it kind of raises some eyebrows. I'll leave it at that. Uh, moving on down the list, the Flyers didn't really do all that much. Uh, neither did the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, moving on down to San Jose, I think their only notable. I like signing the Jankowski the- signing. That's also okay. Yeah, fair. Um, and that's a one-year deal, so that's smart. Uh, San Jose, they bring back Patrick Marlowe, um, 700K, yeah, one congrats. year. Fucking yeah, fucking waste um, of space. Just so he can retire yeah. <laughs> San Jose, basically. And b- break Howe's record. Right, right. So. Waste of space. Yeah. Um, 
moving on down to the St. Louis Blues. So the, the now news. no Yeah, the now no longer defending Stanley Cup champions brought in Kyle Clifford on a two year deal, but I think more importantly they brought in Tori Krug on a seven year deal, which I think probably up there top three um noteworthy signings this off season so um yeah i mean good for tory guy got freaking paid so i congrats, think man i think this is the biggest storyline of free agency to be honest i know he's not the biggest name but they basically just cucked their captain who won them their first franchise stanley cup who by the way said he was caught off guard when tory krug was signed and they basically forced him out and they signed krug who, by the way, played for the Bruins in the Cup Finals when they played against the Blues, so there's a little bit of bad blood there. Um, my immediate thoughts are, I think Tory Krug is somehow underrated. I think he gets lost in the shuffle when you mention names like McAvoy and Chara. Uh, that being said, I think he's going to fit in great. I, I really do. And the Blues made some very good deals. I, I know you mentioned that Kyle Clifford deal, and he is the most perfect signing for that Blues lineup that you could possibly have. Uh, fits the personnel real good. I think Tory Krug is going to provide some great speed on the back end. So now they've got what? Him, Falk, Vince Dunn, and Pareko as their top four. That's filthy. Yeah, I think that's pretty solid. I also don't hate the John Gillies move. They bring him in to be the backup on a one-year deal uh, behind Bennington. So... Um, I don't hate that one either, so kudos to them. I, I think they did a, a great job this offseason. Yeah, I think the Blues got... I, I think they got... Uh, hate, I hate to say better, but for some reason, I think Krug is going to light it up. I know Petrangelo is the better defenseman overall, but I really but Krug do Krug is younger. Yeah, he's younger. He's cheaper now. Um, I think he's going to light it up. I think he's going to have a really good year. They basically just hit the yeah. refresh button on their best defenseman. Yes. Yeah. Um, the bolts obviously didn't do a whole lot, uh, nothing to worth, you know, noting the Leafs were pretty busy. Uh, Jimmy VC signed a one-year contract. Zach Bogosian signed a one-year contract. Wayne Simmons signed a one-year contract and TJ Brody signed a four-year deal in Toronto, um, essentially attempting to replace Tyson Berry. So, um, they bring in. Brody and Bogosian, two defensemen, and then they bring in Simmons and VZ, two forwards. I love the Simmons signing. I mean, you know, if he can, you know, bring that grit to the lineup, which we know he can, then that'll be great. The VZ signing is the one that is sort of the question mark for me because I don't know if you guys remember just how much hype there was around this guy oh when he was God. coming out of college. And it was like, it's all like, I mean, even ESPN, who never talks about hockey, was talking about it. They're like, oh my God, who's going to get him? You know, Hobie Baker winner, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, he kind of really hasn't done anything. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he can contribute in a Leafs uniform. Big fan of the Brody signing. Um, obviously, of course, with the Leafs, they're going to publish 13 goddamn articles like Brody's, you know, equivalent to Gretzky going to LA. But. Um, <laughs> No, this it, I really do like that signing. I think he'll be a really good fit and a much better fit than Tyson Berry was. Uh, and now they've got someone to compliment, you know, Morgan Riley. So that's always good. Uh, the Wayne Simmons one, he's a band aid. And I, if he plays fifty games in an eighty-two game season, I'll be shocked. Uh, Bogosian, you know, this reminds me of the Ron Hainsey deal with the Pens. You know, you get the veteran on a one-year bottom six. It is what it is. The VC thing, it, it, it's a it's a cheap gamble. It's something that's worth a gamble. Um, you know, I, I think I, I think that it's a low-risk, high-reward type pick, so I don't hate it. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. No, I'm pretty much on the same page with all of you guys. I like uh, the analogy you made uh, about Bogosian um, and Ron Hainsey. I especially like the Simmons and Brody move here. Um you know, Simmons, say what you will about him, but I think maybe this guy could just use a new location, and I think that Toronto could use a guy like him, so that might be a fun match, and it's only one year after all, so once again, we'll see what that does, but um, yeah, Brody also, nice move there. Uh, I used to get Brody and Barry kind of confused, because they're both like, start with a T, and with a B, but um, it'll be interesting to see how Brody replaces Barry there. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all said it, but um, I think it's a good signing, and I think he'll work out well. So, 
up. We'll move on to my favorite signing that has crushed the hearts of all most of our listeners. Braden Holpe has signed a two-year contract with the Vancouver Canucks. There you go. Max got the sweater on. Max repping. Uh, there we go. I, you know, you say crushed our hearts, but Caps fans and I've explained this to multiple people. We've known that this was coming. We've known that this was coming for what probably a year and a half. You could even say two years now. So, uh, I feel like that in a way made it a little bit easier, um, a pill to swallow. But always gonna sad to see you know a guy who basically won you a Stanley Cup go. So, um, you know, just an unbelievable part of the team for so long and. Uh, for sure will be missed. Yeah, what Nick said, it's kind of like your dog dying from cancer instead of getting hit by a car. Sucks either way, but it's not as bad. <laughs> that is, like, as harsh as that is, that is an unbelievably accurate analogy. Holy shit. Oh I got the God. analogies today, what can I say? They're, you are rolling with them today. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> uh, moving on to Vegas. Um, uh, you know, they... Basically, I guess everyone could say this was the biggest, you know, high profile signing um, of this free agency period. Uh, they are cursing Alex Petrangelo by making him wear that god awful uniform for seven years at eight point eight million AAV. Is this an overpay? I really think it is. Do you guys think it's a little mm. funny that he went for a quote unquote tour of vegas and then like right after that was over he was like yeah i'm coming here like what do you think happened on that tour like i know what happens in vegas stays there but like you think he just like slept with some strippers and like won some money and he's like i'm i'm signing with vegas it's like a college visit it's like they take the football player to like lsu and bama and like take him out clubbing right, and stuff so right. i'm that's what i'm assuming i feel like they just brought him there <laughs> and they were like we really want you to sign here but you see these like three lockers right here. We have to tell these guys to fuck off and then we can have the money to pay you. So, yeah, I was going to say, do I, I think the amount of money is fair. I mean, he's a really good defenseman. 8.8. Yeah. I think he's worth that. The seven years kind of worries me, but you got to throw it out there just to get him. And Vegas ain't looking to, you know, win in four years. They're looking to win now. So I get it. The part I hate about this is they had to give, get rid of Nate Schmidt. In order to do this, I think that's a dagger because all of a sudden your top four right now is looking like Braden McNabb, Petrangelo, Alec Martinez, and Shea Theodore. I mean, Theodore, Petrangelo, and Martinez, I think, are so- solid for that top four. Not huge on the McNabb part. And I think if you would have had Schmidt in there still, it would be awesome. Uh, but you know what? It is what it is. They got the, the biggest, probably the biggest name in free agency other than Taylor Hall. I mean, you could argue who's bigger of a name, but. Um, I think it's a great jersey for him to be in, Nick. I'll adamantly disagree with you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, good for Vegas. They're always going to be in the – they seem like to. they're always going to be in the mix, like Philly or the Rangers, when it comes to getting big-name free agents. So it is what it is. I mean, I think guys just want to play there. I mean, and I really can't blame them. But, yeah, uh, I think, you know, we've said this before, that these, like, seven-year deals for defensemen or players that are, like, 30 – it's like the first three are for the team and the last four are for the player because, you know, after a while, like you said, Harry, they're in that win now mentality. They're not in a win in four years mentality. So they're going for it now, but I completely agree with you. I really think that the whole Nate Schmidt thing is going to come back to bite them in the ass. Uh, So let's move on to the team that everyone cares about. Um, Our boys, the hometown boys in red, uh, they brought in Justin Schultz um, on a two-year deal. Where did he play before? I, I, I just can't remember. He stinks. You can have him. You all think <laughs> this is good. It's not good. It's bad. However however you want to rationalize it, that's fine. But um, So, yeah, good. they bring in Schultz uh, after uh, Kempney gets hurt and Gudis departs to Florida. And then I th- I was a little bit shocked that they actually went through with this, but the Washington Capitals signed Hendrick Lundqvist to a one-year deal. And my first thought when this happened was just like PTSD Vietnam War flashbacks of the 2012 first, first round, the 2013 second round, and then the 2015 like, first round or whenever it was when he just like eviscerated them in the playoffs in like that stretch of four years in a row. I mean, it was just horrible. So we've got comparisons um, to Vietnam and dogs getting hit by cars. So <laughs> we're, we're on a great, we're on a great projection right now for this episode. 
So, I mean, I, I like the signing one year, and I think they got him. It was it was like one point three million or something like that, or one and a half. So, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm here for it. I I, I definitely was a little worried about Holpe leaving and us only having Samsonov. I know he was good. I know he's got a lot of potential, but I just there's something about just relying on potential that doesn't sit well with me, and so. We knew we needed to bring in a veteran to kind of coach him through it a little bit. As good of a guy Hopi was, he wasn't really interested in that part of the equation, which, you know, it's totally fair to each his own. I think Lundqvist will be a good addition for that reason. And I think that Hank and Sam Sonov will, uh, they'll both be able to balance like a good amount of games each so that not either one of them is, is, you know, forced to play in, you know, 60 games or anything like that. Yeah, completely agree. Wouldn't be shocked if Lundqvist is the starter by halfway through. By the way, just putting that. Really? I'm not. No, you listen. I I've I've seen this happen. Samsonov's never had to eat that number one minutes. I mean, he's going to play consistently more than he has, and he's going to be the number one guy. And there's a pressure that comes with that that you don't really understand until you actually do it. And I've seen that happen. So I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I just wouldn't be sure. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, Fair like, point. you know, come down the stretch if we've got back-to-back games and, like, one of them's against Detroit and the other one's against, like, I don't know, Boston or something. Pittsburgh. Yeah, either one. Like, it'll be interesting to see, like, who who they go with for each game. But either way, I, I like that we have two guys that, for the most part, I trust. Yeah, it seems to be the way the league is going. Uh, moving on down, the last team here we have is the Jets. They didn't really do a whole lot. I think the biggest one that you could say is they brought in Nate Thompson from Philly, a one-year deal to give them a little bit more grit. Um, other than that, I really don't think they did anything worth talking about. And to be honest, their defense core to me is still really, really questionable. So that essentially wraps up free agency. If you guys had to pick one deal off the top of your heads right now that stood out to you that was like the best bang for your buck, who would you pick and why? Mm, that's a tough one. I would probably go with Tory Krug. Honestly, I think that's like the best deal that was made overall when you consider like the amount of years and the amount of money and just like how young the guy is, etc. I know it's a long deal, but I think it's a good one. Bang for buck. We owe Josh Anderson to the Montreal Canadiens. It's a good one. That's a good one. I'm, you know what? This I know eight million is a steep price for bang for your buck, but I'm going to go ahead and say Taylor Hall. Um, I think a one-year deal for Buffalo with him is great. It adds some star power and some, you know, help for Jack Eichel that they desperately needed. So uh, hopefully that can galvanize them to that team and get them to the playoffs. So um, I'm interested to see Mac. Like you said, you know, we'll say this a thousand times. You know, we'll see how this one plays out. But uh, I'd have to go with Taylor Hall in that one. And I think there's not much left to do, but we're going to wrap up the draft real quick. So Yeah, we're um, running a little long here, fellas. So we, our plan was to do the trade recap, but we're already running close to an hour here. So we're going to save that for next episode. For sure. So no surprise, I watched the draft uh, and Laffey and Byfield go 1-2 overall. I think everyone kind of knew that that was coming. Uh, Quentin Byfield becomes the highest drafted African-American player in NHL history. That's pretty cool. Uh, I thought the biggest surprise was the Caps. So they traded up from picking 24th overall to pick 22nd overall, and they draft Hendricks Lapierre, who basically was labeled as a top 10 talent and fell due to injury concerns. And when I say injury concerns, I mean three concussions within the span of about a year and a half. So some pretty heavy shit there. Uh, He basically had to miss pretty much the entire 2019 season in the queue because of these uh, injuries. Redline reports projection of him said if he can stay healthy, a strong first line center, and they compared his style of play to Sebastian Ajo of the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't hate that at all. And per some guy named Mike Vogel of WashingtonCaps.com, uh, it's actually interesting. The Caps really haven't drafted many players from the queue, and the last time they did was when they took winger Stan Galiev in the third round. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, Lapierre plays out. Yeah, leave it to the Pops to come up with the uh, the crucial stat. It's what he lives for. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Obviously, what I heard, too, this guy was somebody that um, had it not been for those concussions and some of that question mark surrounding that, 
Um, he might have been a top 10 pick or something like that, but um, I think a lot of teams were kind of scared off from the medical history a little bit. Um, yeah, Caps take a chance. We'll see. For me, the biggest surprise, I would say, is, and this has been a pretty popular one that's been mentioned on um, some websites and other pot, hockey podcasts, is Igor Chinnikov. I'm going to fuck that up. Igor Chinnikov, uh, taken number 21 by the Columbus Blue Jackets, who was originally projected to be like the 160th pick. I mean, that's pretty wild considering we only have about seven rounds here, so... Uh, Craig Button was completely flustered when they had that, and he was on NHL Network. He was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Yeah, no one, no one had uh, anything ready on this kid." So, uh, interesting move. I know that kind of caused some noise. So, I, I, I always like a little bit of controversy, and when you're reaching that high, it's uh, a good storyline to play out for the next couple of years. I, I love your Craig Button impression. That was spot on. I tried. Right. Well. Uh, the last thing I have to say about the draft is I thought hands down the third overall pick was the best thing about the draft. And then of course, you know, it turned into a draft and it was just a snooze fest um, throughout the remainder of it. Uh, but the Ottawa senators getting Jeopardy's Alex Trebek to announce their third overall selection of Tim Stutzel uh, and like doing it in Jeopardy fashion, was just absolutely incredible. I was like sitting there on the couch. I was like, no way. This is so cool. So if you hadn't heard that, we're actually going to insert the clip right here so you guys can listen to it real quick. Here is the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. Thank you, Johnny. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Jeopardy. Our category today is the NHL. And here is the clue for you. With the third pick in the 2020 NHL draft, the Ottawa Senators choose this player. The correct response, who is Tim Stutzel? And I mean, I just think that was that was absolutely awesome. It was so cool of him to do that. I, I know he's a graduate of the University of Ottawa, so I'm assuming that's how they got him to do it. But um, did you guys see that I did at all? See that? That was that was cool. That was lit. Big fan. Well done. For one sure. Of the, one of the best draft picks as far as presentation uh, of all time. Yes, couldn't agree more. Uh, and I think that's all I have to say on the draft. Other than that, it was pretty much uh, as expected. Yeah, I mean, you know, we I think you had previewed a little bit of the draft at the end of last episode, so um you know, we knew Byfield was gonna go two, we knew Lafreniere was gonna go one, so no real surprises, that kinda highlighted things. Um just a couple surprises in there that we mentioned between the caps and the blue jackets. Mac, do you have any any last I'm thoughts? all set. Alrighty. Well, uh, like we said, we ran a little longer than anticipated on this one, so we are going to save the off-season trades for the next episode. And if we get any luck, if we get any luck, we will have a couple more before we record again next week. Uh, I know we mentioned it at the start, but I got to mention it again. Please go check out the website at emptybetters.com. Uh, we put Nick put a lot of hard work into that, so appreciate his efforts once again. Subscribe to the newsletter at the bottom of the homepage. Be on the lookout for blogs. Check out our merch that's linked on there. You can find all of our social media accounts that are also linked on the homepage. Uh, am I missing anything? What else can that thing do? No, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, like you mentioned before, if you feel the need or desire to support us, there is a link to do that. And obviously, we appreciate everyone that's done that so far. I mean, you guys are the reason we continue to do this. So just thank you so much to everyone that has, and uh, we'll continue to do that. Also the reason that we don't sound like static TV on the mics anymore, so we appreciate it. Well said. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yep, emptybetters.com. Plugged it enough. We're going to be plugging that quite a bit, so please go check it out. Help us out. Uh, any final notes? I always hesitate to ask this question. Nope, I'm All good. Clear. All right. So that basically means shut up. Uh, so <laughs> thank you guys for listening. That wraps up episode 46 we'll be talking to you next week and without further ado class dismissed
Sleeping without the dreams Without you